purpose by myself but just have incidentally um, come out to be focused very much on the theme of setting one's life goals uh, very much on the theme of setting one's life objectives um, and uh, thinking about how we put Islam um, into those life objectives as well so inshallah what we're going to be doing today is uh, exploring number one uh, the dua of Ibrahim alayhi salam and uh, what he um, and uh, what so let me just uh, put this on silent so that I can uh, watch myself but not necessarily hear myself so I can see all of your uh, comments as well uh, as, as they come in so uh, inshallah the first uh, thing we're going to be focusing is on uh, Ibrahim salam and his dua and how that is uh, something that we can benefit from uh, and we can uh, learn lessons from that that will help us in our life uh, as well and specifically when it comes to making our life plans. Um, the second thing that inshallah we need to be focusing on is uh, looking at the, the almost the touchstones, uh, the key things that um, come together uh, to, uh, to constitute or to form uh, a good uh, life plan or a good set of goals for our lives. And these are things like justice, balance, uh, setting an example, giving da'wah to non-Muslims, all of these things are, are relevant. And then the final thing that we're going to be looking at is that um, everyone Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created has a goal. Everyone has a direction and a purpose and it's about working out what our purpose is and making sure that it is the right purpose, it is the good purpose and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he, he explains to us um, uh, what this is um, and we'll get to that as well. So those are the three things that, inshallah, we're going to be looking at. So let's dive in straight away with Ibrahim alayhi salam and what he says. So Ibrahim alayhi salam, uh, he says uh, in uh, a famous dua that no doubt many of you might even know by heart. Uh, he says, A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Rabbana waj'alna muslimayni laka wa min dhurriyyatina ummatan muslimatan lak wa arina manasikana wa tub alayna innaka antat tawwabur rahim He says our lord make us devoted to you make our descendants into a community devoted to you. Show us how to worship you and accept our repentance, for you are the ever-relenting, the most merciful. Rabbana, our Lord. Uh, Ibrahim alayhi salam is making this dua. Waj'alna muslimain. So muslimain is um, indicative of two uh, in the uh, Arabic grammar. Waj'alna muslimain ilaka. So who are these two people? Ismail alayhi salam and, and himself, his son and himself. And from our offspring, just make for us uh, one ummah, one nation, 
that is completely submissive to you, completely subservient to you and uh, fully accepts Islam. وَأَرِنَا مَنَاسِكَنَا And show us and teach us um, our manasik, our way of um, how we worship and uh, forgive us uh, forever you are the ever relenting and the most merciful. So there's a whole bunch of things that we can think about here and uh, that we can uh, benefit from. The first thing is um, that Islam and uh, being spiritual, being a Muslim, uh, doing well in this life and the Akhirah, these are all um, just facets or parts of one big whole. It is, Islam is not a part-time thing. Islam is not just a Friday thing. Islam is not just a life thing or an Akhirah thing. Islam is not just a after 5 p.m. thing. Islam is and always will be something that is completely all-encompassing. And uh, Ibrahim alayhi uh, salam, uh, he, he completely understands this. And we'll, we'll go on to uh, a few more ayahs later on um, that make this precise point. Uh, in fact, we can share one of them right now. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, إِذْ قَالَ لَهُ رَبُّهُ أَسْلِمْ قَالَ أَسْلَمْتُ لِرَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ and his Lord said to him, Submit, uh, Aslim, submit to me. And Ibrahim said, Qala aslam I have submitted to the Lord of the worlds. Immediately he submitted. So this is um, lesson number one that we can learn uh, from the life of Ibrahim that applies to our life goals. So that we, when we talk about life goals, we often have um, many life goals um, and often we don't think about how they all come together this is absolutely crucial uh, in order for it to make sense for us what we're up to right because if we've got five different life goals and they're all kind of uh, motivated by different things one is motivated by us wanting to help people um, in Africa for example or another one is motivated by us wanting to um, uh, help certain members of our family or others are motivated by our enjoyment in water skiing, for example, um, if, you, if you're into that sort of thing. All of those things are disparate. And when you're trying to fulfill those objectives, sometimes it will be quite uh, difficult to, uh, to make sense of your life um, when all of these things are going on. So the first thing is we have to make sure that we come back to the asal, we come back to the origin, we come back to the life goal that we should be setting ourselves. And that is um, the life goal of um, of Islam, which is uh, to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to submit to him. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he demands of us to submit to him, to put what he wants before what we want. And if we keep on doing that in every facet of our life, whatever uh, you know flavor that submission may take, that then holds all of our life goals together. So that's the first thing um, that we need to um, bear in mind. Uh, and... Ibrahim alayhi salam, he was an incredible, uh, incredible person. Um, Ibrahim alayhi salam, I was reading uh, another uh, set of ayat that really perfectly encapsulate um, his, uh, his incredible submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, when Ibrahim alayhi salam was told, um, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says in... Uh, Chapter 37, verse um, 99, uh, sorry, verse 100. 
فبشرناه بغلام حليم فلما بلغ معه السعي قال يا بني إني أرى في المنام أني أذبحك فانظر ماذا ترى قال يا أبت افعل ما تؤمر ستجدني إن شاء الله من الصابرين فلما أسلم وتله للجبين وناديناه أي يا إبراهيم قد صدقت الرؤيا إنا كذلك نجزي المحسنين and we gave him the good news that he would have a patient son. And when the boy, this is Ismail was he, when he was old enough to work with his father, Ibrahim said, My son, I have seen myself sacrificing you in a dream. What do you think? And he said, Ismail said, Father, do as you are commanded, and God willing, you will find me steadfast. Subhanallah, this is the response of a Muslim. Ismail he was asked this question and his immediate response without any hesitation the Quran has no hesitation here he says do what you are commanded because Ismail knew that Ibrahim was a prophet and what was communicated to him was from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then the next the very next verse says فَلَمَّا أَسْلَمَا when both of them had submitted وَتَلَّهُ لِلْجَبِينَ and they had laid his son down on the side of his face وَنَادَيْنَاهُ أَيَّا إِبْرَاهِيمُ so at this point Ibrahim you can imagine he has got the knife and he is ready to sacrifice his son. He is ready to uh, to kill his son uh, because that is what he thinks is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala demands of him. And Ibrahim salam, he does not hesitate in this. The next verse to show how quickly it was, falamma, it wasn't even a wow, it was a fa, showing how quickly it went, uh, how quickly things went forward. Falamma aslama Ibrahim. And then immediately Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he came in and he said that you have uh, fulfilled um, the, the dream that you have seen and um, uh, and we have fulfilled the dream and this is how we reward those who do good. It was a test to prove their true character. And we and, and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he goes on and he praises him excessively. We have ransomed his son with a momentous sacrifice. We let him be praised and be uh, by succeeding generation. Peace be upon Ibrahim. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the, the Lord of the worlds is saying, Peace be upon Ibrahim. Salamun ala Ibrahim. This is how we reward those who do good. Truly he was one of our faithful servants. We gave Abraham the good news of Isaac, a prophet, a righteous man, and blessed uh, and blessed him and Isaac too. Some of their offspring were good, some were clearly wrong, um, some were clearly wrong themselves. We also bestowed our favor upon Moses and Aaron. So there was a number of ayat after this praising Ibrahim. And this was because of his instantaneous and uh, and focused. Uh, uh, approach to submitting to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we must have this uh, as well in, in our life goals. The, the second thing um, that we must have is a community spirit and a family spirit. Isn't it amazing that Ibrahim alayhi salam, he, um, when he's making this dua, he's doing it with his son. And isn't it amazing that when he makes this dua, he says, Rabbana, uh, muslimaini lak, make us two Muslims to you. Uh, um, and then he goes on and he talks about his offspring as well. He cares about the community. He cares about not just himself and his nuclear family, but he cares about his community. How many of us, when we are thinking about our life plans and our life goals, put the community and our families 
at the front and center of this. And look how, how he did it. He, he said, my life goal is to fulfill my purpose in life, which is submitting to Allah, to help my family fulfill their purpose in life, which is submitting to Allah. And I make dua that my offspring and the community also fulfill their purpose in life, which is submitting to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is laser focused on the main mission that he has in his life and everything else feeds into that. So, um, so community is another big focus that we must have. Um, and then there are certain ayat uh, in other parts of the Quran. So Ibrahim alayhi salam, he um, was visited by angels uh, when they were on, the, on their way to Lut salam and his people to actually destroy that, um, that nation. And uh, Ibrahim salam, initially he was scared of the angels because they weren't eating. When he invited them in for food, uh, the angels, they didn't eat. So he was a bit scared. Uh, but then uh, they, you know, they comforted him and said, well, look, we're angels, don't worry about it, we don't, we're not going to eat. Um, then Ibrahim salam, uh, when he became less fearful, Allah SWT says, then when, he, then when the fear left Ibrahim and the good news came to him, uh, he pleaded with us for Lut's people. For Abraham was forbearing, tender-hearted and devout. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or the angels say, Abraham, Ibrahim, cease your pleading. What your Lord has ordained uh, has come about. Punishment is something to them which cannot be turned back. Uh, and then it goes on. And so Ibrahim alayhi salam, he had, he, he was really compassionate and really cared for the community. He was someone who um, was pleading with the angels. He was pleading with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for a nation that um, had the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon them. So again, lessons that we can learn, you know, we are surrounded by, um, uh, you know, by Muslims and non-Muslims who um, we can perhaps benefit both by sharing the beautiful message of Islam, uh, but also in many other ways as well. How many of us, when we think about our life goals, what do I want to get at the end of my life, put this kind of benefit uh, to others at the heart of what we want to do. But Ibrahim salam, he does that and he was praised excessively for that by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then, absolutely crucial in all of this, he says, وَأَرِنَا مَنَاسِكَنَا وَتُبْعَلَيْنَا And show us, and show us the way that we worship. Show us the way that we submit to you. He doesn't say, you know, Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, make us submit to you and, you know, we'll, we'll work it out. We'll work out how to actually submit to you. He says, show us the way to submit to you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, is being asked by Ibrahim to actually guide him on how precisely to submit. And, and actually, I thought it would be a good way of uh, testing this out by, uh, by all of us. Uh, who listen to this, uh, either the YouTube video or the pod podcast afterwards, uh, if we um, make an intention, if you're really keen um, to work out exactly what our purpose in life should be, what our life goals should be, let's have a think and, and come up with some ideas. And then let's do the Hajjud for 10 nights in a row um, and, and really sincerely pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide us. And really ask Him, to guide us to our uh, life goals and to our, um, you know, something that is uh, beneficial to us in this life and the akhirah, uh, and uh, follow the the mess the example of Ibrahim alayhi salam because that is.
the successful example. And I am very, very confident that if we do that, if we are persistent, if we are persistent in the Hajj, then we ask Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, then He will guide us um, to that. So, so that's the next thing that we we learn from Ibrahim salam. The first thing we've learned is keep laser focus on the submission. The second thing is to have a community family focus um, to to our life goals. The third thing is that um, we should uh, pray to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala to guide us. Uh, to show us what these life goals should be. And then, uh, finally, Ibrahim salam, he makes tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, wa tawbah alayna, uh, and, and forgive us, and ask, uh, accept our forgiveness. Innaka anta tawwabur rahim, where you, you are the one who, uh, who forgives and you are the merciful. Ibrahim salam, he is asking forgiveness from the deficiencies in his salah or the deficiencies in his worship and his ability to achieve these really good life goals and um, you know we need to ask forgiveness for our sins as opposed to the deficiencies in our good deeds so there's a complete you know different standard here of between the prophets and you know between us but we still can benefit from that because when we ask for uh, for forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that reinforces the maqam, the station of the man and the station of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that reinforces um, our uh, focus on our life goals. And that's why we should increase in our repentance because it uh, focuses us on, on what is the real state of affairs in this universe uh, and what is our uh, best, uh, you know, best foot forward um, in this, uh, in this you know, calculus that is the universe um, and what we should be doing. And then finally, um, <clears throat> Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says in uh, verse 138, so, so what I've done is I've gone through uh, certain verses um, that Ibrahim alayhi salam, he said. Uh, so we talked about verse uh, 128, which is the dua. Then we talked about uh, uh, verse 131, which is, is aslim. And then now we're going to talk about 138, which is, uh, and say, ours is a religion of Allah. Sibghat Allah. وَمَنْ أَحْسَنُ مِنَ اللَّهِ sibra. And who is better than Allah in ordaining religion? And we are worshippers of Him. Uh, uh, and this is uh, verse 138. So this is uh, a verse which I thought would be uh, best summarized by a J.K. Rowling quote from Harry Potter. Uh, you know, when we say Sibrat Allah, it literally means the colors of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It means that you know we have completely adopted the colors of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. I want you to think of uh, Diwali or um, you know the, the, the festival where they, they chuck um, colors at each other and they're completely covered in various different colors. Sibrat um, Allah, the colors of Allah. And what is better than the colors of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala? What this is getting at is that we are completely Allah's people through and through. We have completely and utterly submitted. To Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. <clears throat> and um, we have completely uh, taken on board what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants. And um, there's a Dumbledore quote here. So this is in uh, the Half Blood Prince. Uh, and um, Dumbledore and Harry are having a conversation. And Harry says, He accused me of being Dumbledore's man through and through. Dumbledore says, How very rude of him. I told him I was. Dumbledore opened his mouth. So Harry said, I told him I was. Dumbledore opened his mouth to speak and then closed it again. 
Forks the Phoenix let out a slow, soft, musical cry. To Harry's intense embarrassment, he suddenly realised that Dumbledore's bright blue eyes looked rather watery and stared hastily at his, one knee, at his own knee. When Dumbledore spoke, however, his voice was steady. I'm very touched, Harry. So, um, Harry is Dumbledore's man through and through. And uh, he sees this as a almost like a sign of allegiance to Dumbledore. He sees Dumbledore as the... Uh, the, the source of truth or the source of good or the source of wisdom which is what he is an emblem of throughout um, the Harry Potter books um, he sees Dumbledore as someone he can uh, emotionally uh, relate to and all of these things are um, relevant really for this verse where we have that relationship and more with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, who is, um, who is you know, far beyond any fictional uh, character um, but that is what it means when we say we take upon uh, the colours of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that is Ibrahim alayhi salam. Now let's move on to uh, the second element um, of thinking about our life goals. And that is um, the, uh, the, two, the touchstones, as I would like to refer to them as. And they are, uh, in a sense, um, very much linked with the community spirit that Ibrahim salam he had. Uh, and this is perfectly um, captured in verse uh, 143 of Surah Baqarah. We have made you believers into a just community so that you may bear witness to the truth before others and so that the messenger may bear, may bear witness to it before you. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he is saying that he has created us Muslims as a just nation, as a balanced nation as a, um, a, a nation that does justice and is equal and fair, um, as a nation that gives da'wah to the non-Muslims non and to Muslims as well. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he has set us as an example. So this is another word, an example. Um, so we've got justice, uh, balance, uh, to set an example, be a role model, to give da'wah. These are all touchstones. These are all, um, you know, the, the core um, flavors or the core scents that should be running through our life goals um, that we come up with. Uh, because this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, is, is describing what we should be um, doing. Uh, the Prophet sallallahu he came and he, um, he uh, conveyed his message. And he will testify that he has conveyed the message and we accepted that he has conveyed the message. He asked the people uh, on, on his final sermon, he asked them and the people accepted uh, that he had conveyed his message. Now it is our turn and we must also convey the message um, and we must convey it in the best way possible. And our life plans, our life goals must also reflect this because if they don't reflect this, then we are not really fulfilling this, right? We're not really fulfilling what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is demanding of us. He has made us 
a just nation. He is made as a balanced nation. Uh, he is made as a middling nation. And, um, and he is made as an example for other nations and other people. And so we must live up to that. Um, and, um, and, and let's just think about that for a second. Um, when, when we think about da'wah, it's often uh, a very loaded term. We sometimes think about people on uh, a Hyde Park corner preaching away. We might think about Mufti Meng or you know, scholars uh, who teach and uh, preach. We might think about um, people who have stalls on the roads and will preach in, in the streets. But actually, and we might see ourselves as very remote or distant from any of those things. I mean, we're not Mufti Meng. We're not maybe someone who's going to be giving da'wah in the streets. Um, and we're not people on YouTube or Hyde Park debating with people. So, so where does our da'wah fit into all of this? Well, our da'wah is twofold. The first thing is we must not, absolutely not, must not be shy to have conversations about Islam and to share the message of Islam to the extent that we can um, in all of our walks of life. Uh, we must not be shy of that. And, um, and I think we need to push ourselves outside of our comfort zone in order to do that because we have um, a real gift in Islam. And we have what we believe is, is the truth in Islam. And if that is the case, then it is our duty to share uh, the beauty of the message um, that we so sincerely believe in and benefit from with other people who um, perhaps are not aware of the beauty and the benefits of this message. So that's the first thing. We need to push ourselves outside of our comfort zone um, when speaking about religion. Um, because I know it can be sometimes be uncomfortable, but there are ways and means to do it uh, in an effective and an elegant manner. The second thing um, that we must do is to be good examples. And this comes back down to this ayah again, to be great role models for other people as to how a good Muslim behaves. Get involved with charitable activities, get involved with helping out within your office. You know, there are certain people who will be contributing uh, to activities around the office and certain people who just kind of take a back seat. Be the person who's proactive and who's contributing. Be the person that uh, people look up to and say he's a great employee or he's a great employer uh, because uh, and he is a great employer, a great employer and he's a Muslim and they can see that there's a bit of a link there. Um, that in itself is fantastic da'wah and many people, uh, many more people have become Muslim because of just character Far more people have become Muslim because of just character than anyone, you know, being uh, forced into it um, or anyone, uh, you know, who, who uh, perhaps married into it. It's because of character that people become Muslims primarily. And um, and that is the, was the case in the Prophet's time. And we must make sure that is the case in our time as well. Now, the final uh, verse um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he is actually talking about in this verse, uh, which is verse 148 of Surah Baqarah, he's talking about uh, the change of the Qibla and how the Qibla, when in the early period in Medina, uh, it changed from Bayt al-Maqdis, which was the previous Qibla, to Makkah, which is the new Qibla for the Muslims and, and the Jews and the 
uh, Bab Medina had issues with that because historically Bayt al Maqdis was, was their Qibla as well, and you know they, they had um, ties to that. Uh, but then within these verses, there's this one verse which is almost like a principle that is both specific to this context but also general, it's a general principle as well. And we are going to be uh, looking at it and understanding it from a general perspective. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, so there's multiple translation, but for each thing or for each person or for each community, there is a direction or there is a, a way that you face. For every uh, thing, there is a way that you face or a direction in which it faces. So race to all that is good or to race to good. Wherever you may be, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bring you forth for judgment altogether. Indeed, Allah is over all things competent. Uh, he is over all things completely competent. And so, um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is saying that every person, let's, let's think about it from a person's perspective. Of everyone as a, as a direction that they're facing towards. We all, like it or not, actually have some sort of direction that we're facing because naturally as human beings, we have a, have a face, right? We're always doing something, we're facing towards something and that is where we are headed. Um, but we may not think about where we're headed from a, from a long-term perspective. Like if, you, if I step outside of my house and start walking, I have a direction, I have a basic um, almost purpose, right? But if I haven't thought about what my end point is, what my end of the journey is, then I may end up all sorts of different places. I may end up somewhere where, you know, it's not very conducive to my health or I may get run over or, you know, whatever might happen. But if I have a purpose, then there is a very uh, tangible goal that we are working towards and getting to um, as, as, we, um, as we walk. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and, and there are two understandings to this. One is, we all naturally have a goal anyway. It might be a very base goal, but we, we, we inevitably will have a goal because we can't just sit about doing completely nothing, right? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there's one reading which says, this is, you know, uh, everyone has a goal, as a base goal. So strive towards good. So strive towards good. Then another reading is, There is a real purpose and a focus and a, and a, a direction that everyone in, innately has within them. In, in a sense, everyone has a unique talent or everyone has a, has a purpose or a direction that they, um, that, they should be, um, that sh they should be facing and they need to find that. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, So run towards the good in order to get to that endpoint, in order to find that, um, you know, that innate talent or that innate good goal that you should be working towards. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says something very interesting here. He says that you should compete, race towards, compete with others in good, 
that is how you should be approaching your life goals. You know, I think a big problem that we have in our community as Muslims is that we um, we like to talk a lot, but we don't often like to do. And when we do, we don't often execute quickly and consistently. So the first level of people, they just talk. The second level of people, they may, uh, in a burst of activity, start doing stuff, but then that'll peter out. Then there's a third level of people who will keep plugging away consistently over years sometimes in order to get somewhere. And then there are people who will be keeping up the tempo and plugging away at the same time as well. So they, they'll be plugging away at a higher intensity. So they're the best kind of people. So not only are you consistent, but you are also high intensity. And that's the kind of people we need to be. You know, when you're competing with someone, when your competitive spirit is, is um, riled uh, and you feel that in you, um, you almost don't feel pain sometimes. That's how you know, competitive you can get. And um, that is what Allah SWT is saying. That is the determination with which and the intensity with which you should be going towards good. And um, Allah is saying, if you do that, um, you know, that is the real direction that you should be facing. That is a real direction or the real purpose or the real um, place that you should be headed towards doing um, good. And then Allah says, Wherever you may be, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He will bring all of you together and He will take you to account. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says about, um, you know, uh, moving fast, moving quickly, doing things quickly. And then He says, and remember death, because I will be, you know, there's, there's always going to be that inevitability and I will be judging you as well. So when you move quickly and you do things, make sure that you're doing them in the right way, because otherwise there will be consequences. And actually, this is a great life life um, uh, uh, life tip from uh, from Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, which is you know move quickly and keep focus on the akhirah because you you know that this is going to come to an end, uh, and um, you know that's what they say when you're going to set up a startup, for example, or a company. Move quickly, break things. You know things will go wrong, but if you are iterating quickly, you will um, sooner or later find upon or chance upon the the, the right thing. The thing that works for you, and then you keep on focusing in on that, uh, laser focusing in on that, and uh, and and inshallah you'll succeed. So this is Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. He is saying that focus on the good, and uh, and and really strive for it, and then you will get to your life goal. Uh, and I suppose uh, those are the, the the three key areas that I wanted to touch upon today. But um, just before I leave you, I I thought it would be useful um, to. Um, share with you a, uh, a, a, a theory or a, a model as to how I personally go about thinking about my life goals uh, and how I regularly go back and prune these life goals. And um, we've actually, Mohsen and I, we've done a few lectures and talks and uh, things around the UK on this precise um, uh, approach to life planning, career planning, um, etc. And um, I mean, we, we can talk, I can talk on this for, for a few hours, but uh, in a nutshell, um, what you should be focusing on for your life plans is uh, three things. Firstly, what are you actually good at? 
because that's crucial, right? To make sure that you are using what you are good at. The second thing is, um, what is there a need for uh, in the world? Um, because it's, it's no good, um, you know, you uh, being really good at making paper aeroplanes, but there's not necessarily a need for that. And what do you like? Because you might be good at something, but you may not like it. So those two things are crucial. Uh, you need to be good at it, and you need to like it so that you stick at it. And then also, of course, what you need. So all of those three things, when they come together, then you have the recipe for a really successful um, life objective. So that's one way that I would go about constructing the really critical things uh, in your life. Um, uh, the second thing that I would say is um, that you should... Um, uh, the second thing that um, you should focus on is uh, to have short-term. So this is so what I've just discussed here is a long-term objective. The short-term objective, uh, you can categorize it into four different things. Number one, that is um, to have a spiritual goal. So that could be something like waking up for Fajr uh, on time. Number two, having a uh, entrepreneurial goal. So how to make money. Uh, number three, having a physical goal. Um, I want to get fit, I want to lose X amount of weight. And then finally, having a cultural or a creative goal as well. So I want to write poetry, I want to draw something, I want to um, write a book, or something along those lines as well. And those four things keep you, um, I find, um, in the short term, quite focused on a good set of areas as well. So that's a way of approaching long-term goals and a way of approaching short-term goals. And inshallah, if this is something that um, you know you guys are interested in talking about life goals in more detail, then um, you know we can happily, Mosul and I, we can happily uh, cover this in a, in a lot more detail and think about you know how does one go about uh, getting the most out of their careers? How does one get uh, go about creating successful um, businesses that? Uh, not only make money, but also have a purpose behind them. So, um, you know, they are purposeful businesses. How does one go about choosing the uh, degree they want to do at university, the subjects they want to do at A-level? All of these things, um, at heart, come back down to how you think about these life goals, because they are the things that then guide that. Um, but uh, let's have a look at the questions. Um, so Zubair Patel, Salam brother, quick question, enjoying the talk, however, I'm intrigued by the side plant. So this is um, a very good uh, observation. This side plant is um, a hard to kill side plant. It's a side plant that has uh, stayed with our family um, for about, I think, three, three years now. And we, and believe you me, we have tried very hard to kill it. We've um, often left it for, for days without water. Um, my son as you can probably see, has bitten off large chunks of it. Um, so that's probably the most sustained attack that it's ever had. Um, but Alhamdulillah, it's still going. And, um, and and actually, I mean, jokes aside, the reason why it's here is because, uh, uh, you know, the, the powers that be, you know, in on the authorities on YouTube um, say that uh, you should have something that is a visually appealing um, prospect. And so... What is more visually appealing than a, than a green plant? So there you are. But yeah, Jazakallah khair, Zubair, for your, um, for your ob observation. So unless there's uh, any more questions, 
um, then inshallah we can uh, call it a day and um, I'll just wait a few more seconds um, to give you guys a chance uh, but in the meantime do uh, note that we actually do these uh, podcasts uh, we do these tafasir uh, sessions we, we turn these tafasir session into podcasts so if you do miss them then you can always um, you know go on to our podcast uh, which is on uh, which is called millionaire muslim and you can find it on any podcast provider uh, and and listen to it through there and we find that often people um, that's the preferred way that they like to um, digest um, this content so feel free to do that and we also have uh, other uh, content as well um, on on our podcast as well uh, so uh, Jazakallah khairan. Um, I think that's uh, that's all the questions that there are for today. And uh, as ever, if you have any particular uh, choice, uh, particular things that you'd like us to cover, then to, do please let us know. Um, and uh, inshallah, we'll see you in two weeks' time. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.